Good morning and a big welcome to episode 44 of Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall, I'm the CEO and co-founder of MOI, Making Work Absolutely Human, and I'm joined as always by the fabulous Suzanne Gravilovich from <laughs> MOI. Hello again. Hello again. And today we are also joined by a super expert on the topic of career resilience and transition, Simon Kennedy Jewell from a new business called Career Switch. Thank you, Rhonda. It's great to be here. And although, Simon, you have a wealth of experience as a very famous regular on ABC TV, <laughs> making you the most famous person we've ever had, um, this would be your first podcast. Is that correct? Uh, yes, it, it, it would be, Rhonda. But I just want to point out, this is no ordinary podcast. This is the Moi Article 23 podcast. So I think that trumps... <laughs> You know, it is a career radio. highlight. Yeah, it is, absolutely. <laughs> Going straight onto the resume. Unless you've been on Gogglebox, that would be oh, another yes. step. Again. Another, another step. Yeah, again. absolutely. So, okay. Simon, just quickly before we start, um, the new venture you're involved in is absolutely a new idea. Mm. Um, what is Career Switch? Just tell us that. So, Career Switch is a new career transition offering, and it's really focusing on bringing together a unique combination of flexibility, technology, and humanity. We love all three of those things. Yeah, and especially I knew, humanity. Yeah, I knew humanity <laughs> would get the big tick here at one. Yes, it does. Um, and it, but it's really all about delivering a more effective career transition experience. Uh, career Switch has been built by a range of professionals, a real community of professionals who understand that the nature of work has changed. And that organisations and their people really do need a new approach to more effectively manage their present and in, and future career transition needs. So if I'm a normal person, yeah. what does career transition mean? Yeah, it's one of those sort of jargony sort yes, of words, it isn't is. it? Okay, so it really, look, it just comes down to supporting people moving through their career and transitioning from one job to another job, or in fact, increasingly, from one job to a different job or even a different industry. So it really is that simple. It's about making that move confidently and effectively with the support you need. Yeah, so the expression that I love is that getting back in the driver's seat. Yeah, absolutely. So that's very, very relevant to our our focus because we've had a little bit of a a line of podcasts in the road so that we talked to the newbies joining work and they talked Mm. about how important career and growth was. We talked to the retired people looking back at work and they talked about growth and learning new things and career. And then last week we talked about careers and how important they are that we're constantly growing and moving. And so today today we're taking it up a notch and we're going to talk about changing careers and thinking about new industries and jobs, transition as Simon calls it, at speed. And we call that career resilience, like an ability to make Mm. that a really great core skill. Mm. Now, starting with you, Simon, what are your thoughts on how do you develop career resilience? Yeah, so... Really topical, really big question for my Article 23 debut, <laughs> as I would expect, Rhonda. Um, but look, two initial reactions come to mind. Uh, and the first one, and really importantly, is this is actually a question for all of us. You know, I know for those of you listening who are really, you know, confronting the, in the short term, change within your organisation or around you, you'll be really aware and tuning into this. But it isn't just about you. We're all in a situation where change, you know, is unpredictable and, and can impact at any time. So understanding you know this sort of career resilience is a question for all of us um, and the second thought is just that on the importance of that word industry because um, while we're kind of used to to some extent the idea that organizations individually change and, and and we've sort of seen that for most of us playing out in our career what we're increasingly seeing across this sort of new world of work is 
changes that happen right across an industry or what I call this sort of industry ecosystem. And that brings a different nature to the way you need to manage your career and the way you need to transition, you know, through those changes. Yeah. And certainly like it's changed a lot. If you think about my parents' generation may have never changed employers. Mm. Uh, our generation may have changed. We used to think it was going to be four. We now know it's about seven. Wow. Uh, and then yeah. the generation that's behind us, it, you know, mm. they'll change eight jobs before they're 20. So yeah, that's yeah. going to be... It's yeah. going to be a much more commonly used skill. Yeah, isn't yeah it? absolutely. Suzanne, your thoughts and first reactions. So first reactions, there's a lot of structural change going on across multiple industries as we see technology impact. You think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. also there are these increased societal expectations. Yeah. So we've seen this in the finance industry and more recently in the aged care industry and they've both been impacted by Royal Commissions. And we're seeing the fallout of this still um, happening. So we don't exactly know what impact it's going to have, but we've seen the pace of change growing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the key question here is we accept that lots and lots of things are changing and that we've got to sort of stop relying on someone to look after us. So the key question is, how do we respond to this? How do we mm. get back in the driver's seat, Simon? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really important question, Rhonda, because it, it really is important to be to get really practical about yeah. this. And, and so, look, you know, to be really succinct, what I would be saying to people, you know, first step, make sure you get do a personal skills audit. Yep. Is that jargon? I think, <laughs> I, I think it is. I, I think I can hear the jargon bell, alarm bell ringing there, Rhonda, but... But look, let me explain it. It's actually fairly straightforward. Really, all I'm talking about here is taking the time to step back and figure out as clearly as possible what exactly are those key skills that you have and, and what, is it, what is that work that you really do well and really enjoy doing. Having that understanding is that really cre- important. Because it creeps up on you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it does. And look, especially if you've been in the same organisation for a long time, we can all get into that situation where we do what we do really well but we don't actually have the skills, the, the vocabulary, the words to talk about it and to actually get that message across. So we've got to keep track of that, especially when things are changing around you. It becomes really important that you can clearly articulate the skills and experience that you bring to the table and not just assume that people can intuitively pick up on that and tune into it. Yeah. And yeah, those transferable skills, really yeah. important. It's also important to be able to highlight things like your ability to learn, um, problem solve, be curious. So those kind of capabilities and attributes that um, you can really put to use in any environment. Yeah, so true. So important. Um, it's, it's not just about those tangible or sort of technical skills sometimes as people refer to. Um, you, it is about understanding those personal capabilities and, and, and attributes and, and, and really using this together to develop that um, sort of more detailed piece we call a value proposition. And sorry, there's that jargon <laughs> alarm bell ringing. But, but again, value proposition is, you know, when, it, when you boil it down, is, is getting to that point of having that really clear personal sales pitch. Yeah. Um, and, and because without it, you really are going to struggle to communicate your value and get traction in any sort of career transition scenario. Yeah. So I think we've got some great examples of this, like working yeah. with uh, police was a really great example is that they sort of go, what are you good at? I'm good at being a police person. Mm. Right. And you go, what else have you got? Yeah. And you actually unravel it. You find out yeah. these people have been learning 
incredible levels of psychology and leadership mm. since they hit the police academy. Mm. So it's an amazing array. You know, mm. you get 10 years into the police, 20 years mm. into the police, 30 years into the police. Mm. You've got really great skills in both those areas. Yeah. And sort of calling them out, not just I can do policing, but I can also lead and mm. I can also understand people, which is, yeah. you know, a really great combination. So you've developed your story. You've got your value proposition now that we know what that means. Yep. And you want to tell someone and you want to get it out there so people know something about you. How do you do that? Well, and I know this isn't going to go down well for some of you out there in the audience, but I'm going to use the networking word. Uh, and I know that word has a lot of baggage, and I, and I really get that. I know you get it all the time, don't you? You do. I hate networking. Yeah. And look, I love networking, by the way. Well, and I want to hear more about that. Um, because, look, I know we've all been burned by that sort of classic sort of used car salesman type networker that's, you know, working the room in five minutes flat and throwing around business cards like confetti. Yeah. But look, stay with me. Stay with us. Because uh, that's you know, certainly not what I'm talking about. And it sounds like it's not what Rhonda's talking about either. No. So what are we talking about? So for me, I like to call it the sort of research approach to networking. That's the kind of approach I try to bring. And it's really based on building genuine two-way relationships and not just looking to exploit people for jobs, contacts or referrals. And it's primarily that difference in mindset, going into every conversation with a focus on what you can learn from this person, what you can share, and not just what you can get from them. Right. So we're talking about being really authentic and generous in your relationships. Thinking about what you can give in your yeah. professional relationships and you'll get stuff back. It's, you know, the old adage of what goes around comes around. Right. Yeah. And, I, like, I hear the baggage, but I actually, I personally love networking. Mm. And But I don't call it networking. I call yeah. it meeting new people who Absolutely. might be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. And so if you think of it like that, and I love Suzanne and, and Simon's idea of sort of how generous you can be, what mm. you can add into the room. So you sort of go along. If you're sitting there in a job you don't love, in a career you don't love, doing things you don't love doing, <laughs> then you need to get off your bum and go and find some people who've got interesting things to do mm. and see how you can be helpful and relevant to them. And it's a, it is absolutely about a mindset. I think mm. that's such a great way to look at it. So what you give, not what you can get. Yep. Um, but we do live very, very much in the karma economy. Mm. And it's been so good to us. And so if you get that sort of mindset into getting out and meeting new people, I think it can work well. Yeah. So having decided that network is a good thing, yep. we've set ourselves up for the future. How do we stay relevant and helpful to people and businesses so that they want us in their team when everything's changing? We call that skill career resilience, mm. being relevant in the future, mm. um, building a series of jobs and opportunities into a longer working life that we want to live. How do we do that? Suzanne. So I think this is kind of the same question we talked through last week in terms of careers, but we're now just looking at it from a longer term perspective. So it's really increasingly important as change continues to be felt and in here and you know around the world, the world yep. that we really need to be more proactive and thoughtful about the way we manage our careers. Yep. Yeah, so true. And look, and I think yeah, this really does speak to the difference between the, you know, this career resilience concept and, and that sort of, I suppose, more traditional concept of job security. You know, so traditionally and certainly for older generations, there was this idea of focusing on job security. Um, but we know this is going to become increasingly difficult. So looking at a different way, we can focus on the fact that what ultimately what we all really need is this sustainability of income. And the, best, the question then becomes, well, how best do we achieve this? And, and so, obviously, the traditional full-time job is going to be part of that mix. Um, but there, we need to be awake to the possibility that whatever we do, things are changing and be wary of settling into that comfort zone. 
Um, and we need to focus on that um, you know, um, important point that, as Suzanne mentioned, about transferability, transferability of skills and those attributes. You're always more than your current job. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about constant growth, not getting stuck yeah. in either the job we're doing or in our understanding of ourselves. Mm. And that goes back to taking opportunities. And we spoke about that yes, last we week did. as well. Yes, mm. we did. So one, one way of looking at keeping yourself relevant is to make sure you're always collecting lots of new skills yep. and lots of new experiences, um, which make you uh, employable, yep. essentially. Relevant. Um, irrelevant. Yeah. And that, you know, it becomes this cyclical thing. More opportunities, uh, you collect more experiences, uh, leads to more opportunities, you meet more new people, etc. And it just becomes a cycle. Yeah. yeah. And, and jobs are changing like all the time. So yeah. even the jobs we do now in 2020 probably won't exist in 2025. Yeah. And there is no book saying in 2025, the job will be this, that we don't <laughs> no. know what it's going to be. Mm. But if you're collecting experiences, you're collecting skills, you're getting a deeper understanding of what you love doing, the sort of people you want to be with, yeah. then that is really relevant and useful as the world changes because you can start to be ready for it. So maybe we call that open-mindedness to the possibilities of the future Absolutely. or something like that. Yeah. Is that too jargony? Well, I was going to say, I was going to talk about growth mindset and, <laughs> and being a lifelong learner, but that's really going to set the alarm bells ringing, isn't it? But, but it is so true, you know, um, no matter what you call it, you know. Uh, so no matter what you're good at and, and what you do, staying open-minded and curious, really looking to absorb new ideas and information like a sponge because you never know where your next opportunity might come from and the, what the skills you might need to make it happen. And I love that idea of that circular cycle of giving and, and supporting that you talked about, Suzanne. Yeah. And bear in mind that there's this increasing emphasis on developing those new skills and capabilities on the job. So you don't need to go back to university and or do an MBA to pivot your career. I know. Mm. It's about... you know building on your existing capabilities the the Mm. learning um experts will always tell you 70 percent on the job and then they add the last 30 but i reckon that number's about 95 i reckon that you get really good at what you do by practicing it and doing it every day around people who do it better that teach you and that sort of work so it is important to look at new ways of working also um building a different way of looking at career because we sort of go a career is five days a week yeah 50 or 48 weeks a year with holidays. Um, but actually, we could build a portfolio career with multiple mm. employers now. We could tap into part-time work mm. or changing the arrangements we work. There is small parts of the gig economy that might work for you and different ways of working that might offer you a better career and lifestyle balance or opportunities than you thought you had in the past. Yeah, and look, I think this is this is probably a whole other podcast. Wonder, but... <laughs> But I think it's also important to recognise, you know, we talked about that value proposition and that really becomes key as you look at this, take this longer term focus around yep. career resilience. Yeah. Um, you know, really knowing your value and being able to project that. Um, and of course, increasingly the role of, of platforms like LinkedIn and other social media and the way you're able to build your professional or personal brand beyond just the sort of four walls of your current organisation. But again, yep. that's another whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to that one, yeah. actually. Yeah. So finally, I think it's a great point to wrap on, wrap up on is that really human element of knowing yourself and the key role that you can play in actually building your, your own career resilience as opposed to waiting someone else to hand you the next opportunity. Yeah. So in order to do the best work we can possibly do, we do need to understand ourselves as best as we possibly can. Mm. We need to embrace and develop ourselves and reinforce our capacity to do the sorts of things we love doing. Mm. So I think that's 
really fundamental. You call it growth mindset. I'll go with that. Sure. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. So, thank you so much for being here, Simon. It's delightful to have you as a guest. It was. It was awesome. And Suzanne, <laughs> really as always. Fun. Thank you. <laughs> um, next week we are going to talk about a totally different topic. We're going to talk about a whole new approach to DNI. We're calling it DNI with humility, diversity and inclusion with humility. It is a very sophisticated conversation and much, much better than counting Pokemons, as someone once said it to me. <laughs> so um, I think that it is absolutely the way of the future. I'm looking forward to bringing that to you. Wow, um, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Mm. It is really very cool. <laughs> I'll definitely be downloading that one. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, see you all next week. Thanks so much for having us. Great. Big wife from us. Yeah. Big.